Hello and welcome back to Justice for Society in Conversation. Today we are joined by Mike and Kyle. Um, I guess before we get started, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? I'm Mike. And, <laughs> and I'm Kyle. In podcasting, we just have to remind everyone of what our voices sound like so you know who's who. But we're the, um, the hosts of the podcast Gayish. Wonderful. So um, for the bio that they've sent in, it, they've been nominated for the Best LGBT Podcast by the Podcast Awards three years in a row. Um, and their podcast is about stereotypes that bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And so Mike and Kyle both talk about gay stereotypes that they fit into, ones they don't, and everything in between. So I guess just to get started, the first thing I wanted to talk about was the accuracy of representation of the LGBTQ plus community in the entertainment industry, since that is our topic for the day. Um, mm. So I guess with that, what are your thoughts on that whole uh, sort of stuff? <laughs> it's interesting to me. I, I think that we have come so far in terms of representation compared to even 10 years ago, much less 20. And that's not to say that we don't have a lot further to go in order to have, you know, the representation and visibility that we need in, in media. Um, but but I, I do want to sort of celebrate the fact that we really have come a long way. There, there's the, the normalization of queer people on TV has, has really, I, I think, reached full uh, full speed in a lot of ways. Definitely agree. And we seek progress in that. And I think what that adds to the mix that we now have to start considering more and more is um, what's going on behind the scenes. Even if we see representation, is the company itself using that? It's so hard to tell who's using that just for their own gain or actually trying to represent people. And, and a lot of that is not visible on the screen. Um, and, and so we need to know, are the actors playing these people queer? Or are the writers queer? Are the producers queer? Is the company itself actually supporting LGBTQ causes? So um, it, it's, it's a good problem that you, now we need to start looking beyond some of those surface level uh, kind of visible areas. Oh yeah, most definitely. And I guess that also brings us to um, the topic of straight people and their portrayal of the community, because as we know, in the entertainment industry, and I guess we're talking specifically about um, the Western world entertainment industry, but it definitely applies to the East world's entertainment industry as well. Um, the LGBTQ plus community and a lot of other marginalized groups really have been in a way sort of a trend, I think, in the past few years. And so really the question is, are they doing this to fit the trend so to make sure that nobody calls them out? Or are they doing this so that um, genuinely there is representation and that in contrast also genuinely um, affects this social issue and positively affects that so we can really create more change. Um, and as we were saying, of course, uh, at this point in uh, trying to go further in terms of representation of the LGBTQ plus community in um, the entertainment industry or just perhaps the involvement of LGBTQ plus individuals in the entertainment industry is really um, who is being uh, consulted um, if they're portraying a specific LGBTQ plus topic or issue um, are they consulting like whoever is needed in order to genuinely understand how that goes down in the real world or are they just really um, playing into stereotypes um, and of course, like you said, writers and actors, are they actually queer? Are you really um, providing genuine representation of the LGBTQ plus community and taking it a step further? I definitely think that was a great point to bring up for sure. Yeah, I, I do think it's interesting because I think um, maybe a little bit differently than others, specifically about gay actors, um, voice actors and actors and writers um, is what I can speak to. But I, I think, the, I don't think I always need every single gay 
character to be represented by a gay person. I don't think, because I want gay people to be able to play straight people as well. If we, if we limit ourselves to, you know, we don't want to limit ourselves by trying to uh, embrace those characters and expand our representation. Um, but I, I think like you said, the, but then if, if you are straight playing a gay role, who, who are you talking to? Who are you consulting with? Who's the, the writer behind the character or the, the consultant that's helping you make sure you're doing it accurately? Um, mm -hmm. And and it's it is kind of a, a a good starting point. If we we need more gay actors represented, queer actors represented. So, I mean, it's just the it's almost like the easy go to that like that just start by casting queer people in the role of queer people. So it, it's not that I think that's a requirement. I just think it's almost the easiest thing for everyone to to. It should be kind of a, a baseline to get representation. Almost definitely. And um, actually, I was thinking about this when you're talking about that. But I think we're almost at that sort of stage where it's like the transition between the next step of um, improving this sort of uh, representation where it's um, obviously, we started off um, with a lot of straight people playing gay people. Um, and that in and of itself, because of these other factors that weren't really considered, was problematic for a couple of reasons. But then now we're seeing a lot more queer actors playing queer roles and also queer actors playing straight roles and like things like that. Um, and then now I think the next step is to really be able to balance both consulting the people needed, but then also um, making it so that the LGBTQ plus community is, and I wouldn't say normal, but it, it just is. It's not something that is completely um, their entire identity. It's not like, oh, I'm gay and that is everything I am kind of thing, mm -hmm. but um, just a balance in between and making sure that, um, yes, they are um, a specific community, but at the same time, uh, yes, acknowledge them and all that kind of stuff, but don't make it their entire thing. I think we're definitely at that transition point. And that's um, honestly kind of really good, the fact that we've come so far, but obviously there's still so much to do. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I, I, at one point, could only remember seeing movies, like any major movie about a gay person is about coming out. And when I say major movie, now I'm like, there are like three that I can think of. Or like, but, but, but it's like coming out I, I think appeals to straight people because they're like, oh, that's interesting. I don't have to do that. What's that like? And that's great. That's helpful. That's interesting for, for other gay people to see. But then it's like, but there's also a bunch more that's going to happen besides just coming out and so much more to our lives that I yeah. think it's great we're, we're starting to see. Although it is true that coming out is such a, a central part of a queer person's narrative that it, it, it it's, it's, it makes sense why that would be your go-to when telling a gay person's story. But like Kyle said, to reiterate, there's there's so much more to a gay person than just that coming out process. And we want to see fully formed, well-rounded characters uh, in, in, when it comes to queer people on screen. Oh, yes, most definitely. I guess uh, the whole coming out sort of, I won't say trope, but um, narrative was definitely huge before because it was almost the first step to trying to make a society or the entire world understand that um, being gay is okay kind of thing and obviously coming out is a huge part of understanding that um, being queer is okay but 
um, like you have said, <laughs> wonderfully so, um, we're at that point where we can move past just, oh, being gay is okay, and um, really dive into these different uh, issues or these different aspects of being gay, um, and also how that interconnects with a lot of other um, issues or just a lot of other factors in life rather than that just that one sole thing. And I think that's great, but also something very important to consider as we move forward um, in the entertainment industry, uh, because that's definitely an important thing to consider um, as we transition over, I think that's for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely also want to see queer characters who are flawed, where it's not their sexuality that is the flaw, right? Mm -hmm. They have the same sorts of obstacles and struggles as as everybody else. Um, I, I, I want to see them, I want to see them hurt. I want to see them struggle. I want to see them, you know, have a hard time of life uh, and, and not because of their sexuality. Um, that's, that's something that we don't see a lot of that I definitely want more. Yeah, I think uh, especially the well-intentioned non-queer people will um, then try to represent queer people and put forward like, well, I, I have to put together this idealized, strong, amazing character. Look, everyone, queer is amazing. And, and you know, that I think that's a, a, a great step forward in a lot of ways. But like Mike said, yeah, but I don't I don't need them to be perfect. I don't need them to be incredible. And I, I, I'm not perfect. So I don't I, I, it's not actually a realistic depiction if they're just, you know, amazing all the time and helping everybody and and winning. Oh. We're amazing, though, like you and, yeah, you, oh, yes, you and I, yes. we're, we're perfect and amazing. So on our good days, <laughs> as you were saying that, I was thinking uh, sometimes they're just those films or those TV shows that you watch um, and they just like perfectly encapture all of these different social issues, but at the same time introduce them um, in a way that is real and not just uh, solely based around, I guess the word is multifaceted. It's multifaceted while um, showing a bunch of different issues, but each issue is multifaceted or perhaps like connected in that TV uh, show or film. And we've been seeing more of that and that's wonderful. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think I've seen anything major that had, I mean, maybe Euphoria, Euphoria might've been that, but I haven't personally watched this, so I wouldn't know. Um, but I hear it is that, uh, and I think those are like absolutely amazing because when you represent something so realistic, especially, um, I guess, I currently, I, I'd say it's mainly the, the teenage film industry, the teenage entertainment industry. Uh, it really has a large impact on how people are going to grow up and therefore educate their children or uh, that whole thing. Because as we know, a really big thing is um, a lot of people saying, oh, we don't want them, we don't want kids seeing this at like such a young age, because it's like, why, why would I want them to see that? And um, I just feel like to slowly integrate that or even just like uh, really integrate that into all these different categories, I suppose it is, of like the film industry is just like amazing and would definitely help towards that issue as well. Yeah, I think uh, it's really unfortunate that the some of the common avenues that people would get for their education about their their culture their history their um you know the other experiences of generations before uh, tend to in other ways come from family and school and not we don't always get that you know schools don't always teach or maybe are explicitly told not to teach lgbt history you can't depend on your parents to even if they're really supportive know that if they're if they're straight so i think media rep representation especially for lgbt people is even more important because it might be the place we're going it might be the only thing we have to start to connect us 
Oh, most definitely. And I mean, after all, I think I was talking about this with one of my friends, but the entertainment industry is where I think kids really focus on it. I mean, it's not like they like school very much um, <laughs> or they like talking to their parents. At least personally, I don't like school that much. But, um, it's where I think they really absorb a lot of things um, and they're able to apply it in a realistic way because the entertainment industry often portrays things um, of all walks of life um at least they try to whereas school is sort of like it's textbook and you can read about it but it's not like a visual representation or like oh this is like um a story that I'm going to be like learning about or seeing and I think that um like you said obviously the media industry is super important when it comes to the education the education of the LGBTQ plus community um especially when it comes to kids uh, most definitely if we're going to try um, and really, really push for this change in the new generation, um, which obviously we are. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. In, in, in terms of queer representation in media, I, I think to, to flip it over a little bit, I, I think that, that kids are more accepting and ready to have that representation and not have a knee jerk, bad backlash reaction to it, right? Like I, I say it on our show all the time on, on Gayish that I think I think Gen Z is wonderful and I think that they're gonna save the world. And it, but when it comes to sexuality issues, they have such a different sensibility about it than my generation as a Gen Xer. And it, it just, it, it, makes me th it makes me think that like a lot of the changes are already happening and that provides an avenue for entertainment media to present queer characters to a more accepting audience because the younger audience is more accepting. It's, it's the feedback loop. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like almost the reverse of what it should be. Like, I feel like we are so grateful for the Gen Z and younger people that like, like they're the ones making the change and saying like, uh, they're getting to the point where it's like, Oh, how do I talk, say this to my kids? And they're like, it's fine. Like th this is your problem. Like, so, so being able to vocalize it and stand up for don't speak for me and, and being able, as I express what they, as I speak for them and, and express what they're saying, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just think it's so incredible how vocal, how much uh, that generation has just stepped up. And like Mike said, is gonna, uh, is the reason for the change. And it's so awesome to see. And how brave, right? There's the 17-year-old that's fighting the entire school board in Texas over whether it's okay for him to wear fingernail polish. And um, I I didn't have that kind of bravery as a 17-year-old. I was just trying not to crash on my way to the grocery store, right? And <laughs> But I, I, I think that we, we see queer teens making huge impact in their communities and just being really brave and, and stepping up and putting it on the line and, and just forcing the issue uh it's really i really really admire it and that's definitely a facet of the media industry that i think um a lot of people are coming to realize is that honestly the technology industry and the media industry it's, it's only going to be an even bigger part of um, everybody's lives in the future that's really all it is right it's just growing um and when it's growing at such a rapid pace it really does, like you said, have like a huge impact. Obviously it has a huge impact, but it, like, I feel like nobody really grasps how big of an impact it has. And it's really wonderful um, that we have like platforms like TikTok and um, other forms of social media. And obviously while they have bad aspects, generally um, just the amount of community that you can garner with people around the world. And it's not just like um, your own small town and learning from that and uh seeing different perspectives or um different views and different like 
methods in order to do certain things is really amazing. And that obviously counts for um, anything to do with the LGBTQ plus community as well. And there are definitely like servers. I don't know if you guys are on Discord, but like Discord has servers. Those are like <laughs> huge communities that people like connect to TikTok if they're like a creator. Um, and they, depending on what the creator talks about, they um, that server is like, uh, for example, like a safe space for the LGBTQ plus community, or perhaps it's um, even like a hobby, but uh, generally so, it's just really amazing. And I think um, that's the change that we're definitely going to be looking forward to. Um, and I mean, it, like it's already happening, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you, you bring up TikTok. I don't know how TikTok works. Somebody's gonna have to come show me how TikTok works because I, I ended up deleting it because I I felt lost. And but as far as Discord is concerned, our listeners actually started their own Discord server <laughs> and it it blew up into this 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 thing. There's like twelve hundred people just hanging out with each other on Discord because of our weird little show. And it's it's really cool how they get into each other's lives and support each other and um, it's it's a it, we live in such a magical time for communication options and and um, it's 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 cool to see and the impact on society. I think we're just figuring it out what it's going to be. Something that I haven't noted in the itinerary, but I really did want to talk about was intersectionality because now it's no longer straight white women. We also have LGBTQ plus um, icons that are people of color or BIPOC, and that really brings like a different. Um, sort of view or like really includes this entire community that I think in the past um, was completely excluded um, because like I said it was usually like a straight white woman and I feel like that is really amazing especially now because like we have MXM Tune, um, we have uh, Mitski, like all these different artists and it's great it's honestly great um, and they're able to really write about um, being both LGBTQ plus and also POC. And I did want to talk about that later on, but I guess we can just talk about that now. But the intersectionality between um, especially race and being queer is something that I think we're starting to dive into um, as a society in terms of like talking about it. And that's really amazing. I mean, I, I, I keep thinking about Lil Nas X and, and the Montero Call Me By Your Name uh, phenomenon and 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 how having, having a queer black man be front and center in the conversation about our culture and, and, and where we're going and, and the fact that he sort of ticked off a bunch of religious white people makes me happy. And, and, and but, but his, his, his intersectionality of, of queerness and blackness, I, I think is really compelling and I, I'm so happy to see it. And I, I hope that there's more of it. And um, I think uh, both Mike and I are cis gay white men. So I think what we have, especially in the past couple of years with the um, Black Lives Matter and AAPI Stop Hate, um, uh, focus on those, uh, I think it's really important. I don't think enough gay white men understand the level of privilege they have within the LGBT community and hopefully more and more um, you know, in the past, like after Stonewall, we kind of said, great, we, we're starting to get some rights. Let, let's go take those and run on our own. And that's not, I mean, it wasn't acceptable then, but I, I hopefully more and more people are realizing that's not okay. And, and um, you're right. I think we're seeing uh, more of that. And, and hopefully we're, uh, the goal is if, if some of us start to get rights, that's great. So we usher in everyone else and help everyone else. And we, we as gay white men have not been doing that enough. Mm -hmm, most definitely. But like you said, it's definitely a um, growing topic and a growing 
issue that a lot of people are um, starting to consider. And I think that's really good because I think people often separate the two, like being queer and being like POC or BIPOC, um, when the fact is there are people who are both. And the issues that combine either create an entirely different experience or they combine to make something that either group is, um, or like, it's just, it's hard to identify with, with which group, right? Um, and uh, I think that's definitely um, huge. And it's wonderful too, that we're seeing that in, in the entertainment industry. I think we've seen a couple of characters that are both um, of like a couple marginalized groups and that's amazing. Um, but with that, I also wanted to bring up um, the diversity of characters and also um, just combining like the token characters because unfortunately token characters are still a thing. Um, and nowadays, sometimes a lot of shows will just stick like someone who is POC and gay or a queer and just like call it a day and that's their token character. So um, thoughts on that? I think it's interesting because I think about, um, especially like in, in gay media, we still tokenize, for example, femme gays or femme queer people. It's so weird. Like if you are if there's something that's more mainstream, you're gay and you're straight passing and you're just like one of the guys and then the femme, there's still a femme character that's the support system that's funny. So it's it's interesting that we still have those issues within our own community. And um, so I, it's, it's one of those things just because you're in the community doesn't mean you're absolved of all other like exploration of other identities or other genders or expressions and, and um, and and yeah, it's 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 hard to do to to learn all of, all about all of these identities. So if yeah, if you can't do it, if you just have to stuff it in one person to try to tick your box, it's not going to come across as genuine, and we'll see it. Um, and I guess this is like sort of a jump, but um, with that being said, uh, celebrities that come out as LGBTQ plus that's also definitely a facet in the entertainment industry. With that being said, I think like a lot of people who have come out as LGBTQ+, unfortunately, the entertainment industry has sort of now defined them as like LGBTQ+, like that is our identity. That's just what it is. Um, and so then now a lot of them are just being typecast, which while it's great that we're getting, like we said earlier, queer people to play queer roles, um, they're only being offered these roles um, and also these labels. And so I guess thoughts on that specific topic as well. Well, I, I was also going to point out the problem of uh, latching on to the wrong queer person. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like Caitlyn Jenner comes up over and over again, of course, for obvious reasons. And, and she's just a terrible person. Like she's really awful, but she's also trans. But so she ends up getting paraded around a lot by conservative groups, I think, saying, hey, look how pro-trans we are because we're on board with her. And and it, it just is it's really unfortunate because just being a celebrity and queer doesn't mean you're also a good person or providing the right kind of visibility. Um, that's not exactly the question you asked, but it's where my, my brain was. No worries, no worries. Uh, um, I, I think Elliot Page is knocking it out of the park. I think that he's doing a fantastic job. I'm very interested to see what happens with the Umbrella Academy and how they handle uh, the the transition of the actor compared to the character that he's actively performing as, and, and whether they roll that into the story or 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 or, or not. I'm I'm watching that uh, pretty closely. Um, but I think I think I just want to hold him up as the example. I think of what 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 a visible out queer celebrity should be doing. 
Um, he doesn't he doesn't back down from talking about it. Uh, he he's very visible, but also still uh, working. And um, I just I, I just love him. Next thing I wanted to talk about actually was uh, sort of so we talked about I think currently um, the stance of which um, the LGBTQ plus community stands in the entertainment industry, but I also wanted to ask for your opinions on what else can be done in terms of representation and also balancing the positive and the negative. Um, because like we said earlier, obviously it's really easy to fall into these tropes um, for fear of not representing that aspect of being queer, um, but then also like you fall into those tropes and that's not good, <laughs> um, which obviously then provides like a lack of representation on a lot of different factors um, and other factors. Uh, making it one dimensional. So I guess thoughts on um, any improvements, anything that you're hoping to see in the future um, or even just like in the near future? I mean, both in front of and behind the camera, we need more diversity full stop, right? And and that is not just queer people, but people of color, people from different religious backgrounds. It, we, 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 need, we need a wider spectrum of, of generally available pool of talent both in front of and behind the camera um there are also other i think other areas like sports particularly is very behind in terms of representation and we're still on the point where we're like you know first person that's ever openly gay you know who who is not retired and instead of people that are out and actively playing because it can hurt their career or uh, i think politics is another area we're seeing these firsts which is exciting but every time we see a first you're reminded that wow this is the first this is the first bisexual we've ever had like you know it's just it's it's uh i think especially in those positions where you know sports are being respected and and performing in a way that has nothing to do with your orientation so uh that that's one of those ways that shows the diversity of our experience um it, that you know you're sure you're a lesbian but you're playing soccer like and that's what it's about mm -hmm. it's definitely um, and I guess, like, personally speaking, I would really love, um, I, and I guess, like, we've been talking about this all along, but again, like, a really multifaceted and more realistic representation of um, these sort of experiences, uh, and not necessarily experiences that are, while they may happen, it pro propels or perpetuates, like, a negative sort of um, fact. Like, sometimes I know some shows will choose, like, the worst possible like side or like issue um when it comes to like uh an lgbtq plus character and then they'll portray that and while it is obviously true and it's real and like it's a flaw um politically speaking or just like progressionsly speaking <laughs> like it's not it's not great um because there haven't been there aren't other things that have been done in order to uh make it so that this specific um, topic, episode, whatever they're doing, um, is going to be interpreted in the way that it should be. And I think that's probably something that I personally would love to see because um, I think we're seeing more sorts of scenarios that are different um, when it comes to being queer and the experiences um, behind that or uh, people who are, um, maybe they have someone like close who's queer and like the experiences with that kind of thing. Um, but I sometimes see things that are just not the best portrayal of it. I mean, it's true, but it's not also just not the best thing um, in general, or like perhaps in this current uh, 
timestamp of where we are in terms of um, making progress. It's not the best end, so that's something I would personally love to see um, yeah. in terms of that. I, I think um, it's funny in um, in some of my writing classes, especially like screenwriting class, uh, we talked about the phrase like, have you earned it? And I think that applies so much in all these things. You can show what is a stereotypical political LGBT issue, but you know when queer people know when you've earned it or when you're just plopping it in somewhere, when you have an authentic view of it and you've led to that moment and it makes sense in the story, we can tell and we know versus if it's the one special, you know, LGBT episode where, you know, the there's someone coming out or, you know, they get in trouble for wearing lipstick. Like we know if you've earned it. <laughs> Oh, and actually that was, um, I was also like really point that out. That is a really good point. Um, like leading up to it, actually, yeah, low key, because um, I think a lot of times the reason these like scenes or scenarios like are just so wrongly interpreted is because they haven't done anything in terms of like plot planning or like at, or research or anything to lead up to it properly. And so adding on to the fact that just like, industry-wise you haven't really led up to um, this specific scenario in terms of being able to do that without perpetuating harmful things you also haven't led up to it in the show or in the movie itself um, and so whether I guess like intention-wise whether you're trying to um, in, uh, intentionally do that in a good or a bad way um, regardless the fact is that um, you haven't done enough research or like they haven't done enough um, plot planning to lead up to that moment and um, to play a role in the entertainment industry is to play a really large part in how um, you as a person or your show affects society because the fact is like the entertainment industry is huge um, in terms of um, its impact and so yeah I just wanted to add that because you brought that up yeah. and I was like oh my gosh that is such a good point <laughs> it's been wonderful talking to you both we are unfortunately out of time. So for our audience, where can they reach you? Well, our website is gayishpodcast.com and we are uh, at Gayish Podcast on all of the social media. Uh, you, we are not hard to find. Just Google Google us and you will find us. <laughs> and we recently started a newer podcast called Have a Nice Gay, which is a daily five minute, nice, uplifting, interesting thing about being gay. So check us out on any podcast app at Have a Nice Gay as well. All right, wonderful. And with that, we hope to see you next time.